From Brainwashed. America's Cultural Revolution by Barry Howard Minkin. White Privilege. To understand why and how the charge that there is systemic racism in the U.S. happened, I needed to research its origin. My first observation was that those who are most associated with white privilege education tend to be white academics, Tim Wise, Robin D'Angelo, Paul Gorski, and Peggy McIntosh, author of the 1989 article, White Privilege, Unpacking the Invisible Knapsack. One of the reasons McIntosh's piece is so powerful is that it rings true for many people even without much hard data or facts, it is again what we psychologists call face validity. If you are promoting an unproven agenda or conducting brainwashing, this is what you really want. The hope is to engage you at an emotional level. That is why the systematic racism charge, like the myth of bias and police targeting blacks, is defended with blind faith and emotion but not with facts. These social justice warriors are not data-driven by facts but rather by rebranding subjective, touchy-feely, pseudo-academic mush. Indeed, the more emotion and temper tantrums, the less you need facts to make your case. It seems the must-see useful resource to educate white people on racism is the Lee Moonwah film Color of Fear. The film takes place in a setting similar to a small men's group therapy session. A white liberal and various minorities express their fears and distaste for America. The other white American who believes in the strange principle that all people are equal. This most basic American value is targeted by subjective slights and fears these hyphenated American crybabies say they feel in white America. Give me a break, like someone would prefer living less fearful in black-run cities where the vast majority of all crime happens. The star of the show is a black man who does not accept America's societal norms. He doesn't accept societal values like what is the proper attire for work. Not surprising, Roosevelt Thomas one of the successful exploiters of the victimization and divisity con game, said something like, don't think blacks should be on time, it's a white thing. Meanwhile, the Smithsonian had to take down a list of disturbing white values such a hard work. The black guy in the film wants America to know how angry and pissed off he is at whites in our country by throwing an award-winning temper tantrum on set. But sadly, I learned nothing new from him since I see this type of kicking and screaming out of control child behavior by blacks burning and looting our cities nightly. But this I left my meds at home non-specific rant seems to stimulate the woke marshmallows who graduated from hyphenated feminist hate men 101 and black studies, hate whites courses who are all too willing to goose step with BLM and Antifa with their torches and burn down our progressive run cities. Indeed, such human passion with a lust of violence will allow black Marxists and their codependent brainwashed radical left Gestapo to continue their power play to overthrow our country. Meanwhile, the brainwashed liberal eunuchs in academia, high-tech censors, and the fake news media provide academic and financial support and cover to this puerile out-of-control dysfunctional behavior. The disgruntled black guy film reminded me of being on a safari in Africa where we heard a loud bellowing and watched as trees across the river from us were being toppled. The guide informed us that it was a rogue elephant angrily looking for a herd to disrupt. He explained that growing up without the strong social bond of the community and without the wisdom and leadership of a male role model, these rogues become an out-of-control danger to themselves and others. I see a similarity with the kicking and screaming looters and rioters ravaging our cities and beginning to cause havoc in our suburban communities. Indeed, with three-quarters of African-American families headed by single women, there are very few male role models and fewer good ones. We see the results with the disproportionately high crime rate for blacks in America. How to play the white privilege con game. Congress 90% white, President and VP 100% white, current POTUS cabinet 91% white, top military advisors 100% white, people who decide what TV shows we see 93% white, which books are published 90% white, teachers 83% white, 
full-time college professors 84% white, owners of football teams 97% white. Robin D'Angelo, one of the perpetrators of the white privilege hoax, uses the above table to help promulgate this myth. With so many important power players being white there must be an obvious bias against blacks. Therefore we social warriors should sue, boycott, and harass until blacks are equally represented. This is how the con begins. But by now hopefully you will recognize this shell game as another of the color the facts strategies the great con uses to perpetuate the myth of systemic racism. The con assumes that these discrepancies are based on the color on one skin. This of course is complete nonsense as there are dozens of other variables at play. The most obvious is that blacks do much worse in academics than whites and that limits their career options. Indeed much of this racist white privilege nonsense is to lower standards and expectations for blacks. For example, the first categories are elected or selected officials. Using her distorted logic that color of their skin determined their positions, how did Obama serve two terms if blacks don't represent the majority of the electorate and color of his skin decided the election outcome? Moreover, did his children attend Ivy League schools only because of their skin color or were other factors at play? The next categories relate to media, sports, and teaching. The people who achieve the power to make decisions in these areas may predominantly be white but like in other sectors of the economy, such as hiring and admissions decisions, disproportionately favor blacks and women often over usually more qualified white applicants. Indeed, if Ms. D'Angelo had biracial children, I bet they would list themselves as black if applying to Harvard or any other schools. In fact, the only bias being currently prosecuted by the DOJ in school admissions is against Yale and others for discrimination against whites and Asians. As for owners of football teams or any other corporation, anyone including rich blacks can make a bid to buy a team. What is biased is the Rooney rule that forces an owner of a team to interview a black candidate for coaching positions. IT makes as little sense as requiring the coach to have a required proportion of whites, Asians, women, Hispanics, and little people on every team rather than those that will perform best. The point is that there are many reasons whites are in position of power but today none of them have anything to do with systematic racism. Indeed, with five decades of global management consulting, I've learned people make decisions that will be most profitable and advantageous for them and their business. Myth, Critical Race Theory In his speech at the National Archives Museum, the president posited that using critical race theory, CRT, as a framework to consider the history of the U.S., including its use of slave labor, encourages deceptions, falsehoods and lies by the left-wing cultural revolution. Students in our universities are inundated with critical race theory, he said. This is a Marxist doctrine holding that America is a wicked and racist nation, that even young children are complicit in oppression, and that our entire society must be radically transformed. Critical race theory is being forced into our children's schools, it's being imposed into workplace trainings, and it's being deployed to rip apart friends, neighbors, and families. Scholars who work with CRT, however, say it has become an indispensable and widely accepted tool for properly understanding the state of the country. Following the memo from the Office of Management and Budget, American Association of University Professors President Irene Mulvey called on faculty and administrators to condemn this ban on critical race theory. Critical race theory represents an important body of such expertise and President Trump's recent attack on it is a naked attempt to politicize our national reckoning with racism and a new escalation in the assault on expert knowledge, Mulvey wrote. Our universities need a complete housekeeping when, divisive, hateful anti-American, unproven theory developed by reverse racists and biased left-wing radicals becomes expert knowledge. It is not. This exercise in mental masturbation is, however, 
very dangerous propaganda that belongs in the wastebin of history with race theory published in the 1920s by some of these same universities and professional journals to study such idiotic topics as phrenology or the Negro, is he a biological inferior? Such pseudo-intellectual pap like CRT can be found in the Red Book that was used for brainwashing and intellectual justification of Maoist atrocities, and Mein Kampf did the same for the unspeakable horrors unleashed by Hitler. CRT is spreading like wildfire in our schools. What are you going to do to stop its devastating spread?